Hello and good morning. Happy Juneteenth. Happy belated Father's Day to all you friends and fanatics of all ages out there. My name is Paul Boyer, and this is Phillies Therapy. How are you? How are you feeling? The Phillies have been playing good baseball lately, haven't they? You know, it's it, it's funny. Every week, Matt and I get ready to record this show, and every week, it seems like the mood and the tempo of the whole thing just dramatically changes from one week to the next, from good to bad to good to bad. Not so this week. Nuh-uh. We got two good weeks. That's right. That's a streak. <laughs> the Phillies have won six straight of their own. Speaking of streaks, they have won a whole bunch of their last... What are they, like 10 and 2 in their last 10? And more than that, they're on fire right now. They're 13 and 2 in their last 15 games. Not that it's made much difference in the division. We'll talk about that later. They're playing good baseball. They're beating the teams they're supposed to beat and even taking it to a couple of... Uh, other contending teams. So let's bring in Matt. Matt, who has just finished up his latest uh, news and notes for The Athletic, which should be going up around the time you're listening to this podcast. Matt, the Phillies are playing good ball against both good and bad teams. I personally can't shake the feeling that something is still a little bit off, but I think for normal brain people out there, you have to be feeling pretty good about where this team is at, right? You're usually far more optimistic than I am. I know. They've had two six-game winning streaks this month, which, to, which is was one of them was right after a five-game losing streak. Right. I mean, they really are. It's probably one of the streakiest teams I think I've ever been around. Um, you know, the entire season has been been I feel like a sort of a season of streaks. I guess outside of like the middle of April was kind of back and forth, but uh, I, I think this was a it was an impressive road trip. I mean, it was a road trip they could have very easily. Uh, gone undefeated on i mean think about it they yeah. the only game they lost was the first game of the trip that 9-8 game uh, cody clemens missed a uh, a go-ahead homer by probably about two feet mm. and uh that was the that was the the bullpen game where right. uh you know just a lot of things didn't go right uh but you know they scored eight runs and you're like oh they, they were pretty close to winning a game then they win the next six and you know say what you will about oakland uh they're not very good uh, but the Phillies won two of those games without Castellanos. He's probably been their best hitter the last, I don't know, maybe the entire season, most consistent hitter. Right. Uh, Bryce sat the last day uh, to get him a, a little, little respite, and uh, they still squeezed it out. They won a, a bullpen game, or, well, it wasn't. It became a bullpen game because like, Chris Sanchez got hurt, took the took the ball off his pitching off hand. Off his wrist, but, yeah. Um, you know, 12 innings, and they got – Paul, I want to know, like, where does, uh, yeah. where does Andrew Vasquez throwing – 22 pitches and all 22 <laughs> being sliders in the ninth and 10th inning uh, of a game that the Phillies win on the road in extra innings. Where does that rank in the pantheon of recent Phillies uh, bullpen performances, maybe in like the last decade? That was a real sicko performance right there. They, they will speak of that day like they speak of Lance <laughs> McCullers in the World Series. They will speak of it from mountaintops through bullhorns <laughs> and megaphones. They will preach it and teach it in pitching classes around the nation. I, I don't. All right, look, 22 sliders, <laughs> no fastballs. Amazing. Like, like, what do you, there's a point <laughs> of diminishing returns with this stuff that I, I guess he didn't hit. And you just, you watch this and you have to wonder like these, I know it's Oakland. These are major league hitters. And you have to know at a certain point after, I don't know, 
the 12th consecutive slider, that you're probably getting another one on the 13th, whoever you are, whatever turn in the order you're at. And yet they couldn't do anything with it. They, they couldn't sit. I don't look great. Okay. I, Andrew Vasquez frustrates me. Maybe we can take a diversion into something That's like that. Right. It, well, yeah, because I look at him and what he does. Yeah. And I see that there is faith in the front office and I I can look at how he throws the ball and the way his stuff moves. And I'm like, okay, yes, this is, this is a, a like a back office pickup. This is somebody who models had to love. And they're just yeah. like, yes, take the chance on this guy. And sometimes you see it more than others. I, he started off the year with like two swinging strikes in his first hundred pitches or something like that. And you're just like, what is this? What is this guy going to do? Like, well, what are we doing here? And he's been better lately. And I can't really figure out why, because he throws one pitch and they can't do anything with it. Like, I don't, I don't get it. That's why it frustrates me. I don't get it. No, I don't either. I mean, the one pitch is sort of three different pitches, right? He, he does it from different arm slots and um, he has ways yeah, of, kind of manipulating that slider. And so, yeah, I mean, you give him credit, but it's sort of, you don't give him credit because this was a guy that they claimed on waivers last August then two weeks later, DFA'd him because they needed right. a roster spot, then claimed him again on waivers. So, I mean, like, you give him credit for that. They obviously yeah. liked him. Like, four days after know. World Series, I think it was, they claimed him again on waivers. And I don't yeah. know, the way I look at it, Paul, is, I mean, he's, uh, would you rather him or, like, you know, 30 innings from David Hale? I mean, he's essentially, you know, uh, the last guy in the, he's been the last guy in the bullpen for most of the most of the season. And um, he's been like a one win pitcher for them already. I mean, that's, that's like, that's a, that's some real value right there for a waiver claim last guy in the bullpen. Um, he's, he's, he's pitched well for them. Yeah. You know, and I do have to give him credit for that. I really do because there are worse ways to use a roster spot like that. Uh, see Dylan Covey. Look, it, oh, the Cove. I, you know, I, look, I, I say I'm frustrated by Andrew Vasquez mostly because I'm, I'm humbled by Andrew Vasquez. I thought I had, him, I thought I had him pegged as like, all right, whatever. I don't really need to care too much about this guy. And he's come along in the last couple of months and, and pitched reliably well, never in a big spot or at least very rarely in a big spot. So you, oh, this like, past weekend was a big spot. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. It wasn't technically a save situation, but yes, it kind of was. And he got then, the but, win. Yeah. He did. Uh, really it's more a matter of humility and, and, and my own well, pride in, in thinking I've got somebody evaluated and no, actually I don't. The people this who assemble the team continuously humbles you. Yes. <laughs> this game continuously humbles you, whether you play it or you watch it or yeah. you write about it. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. No, but it, it's good. It's good. It's a good development. It is an objectively good thing that Andrew Vasquez has been pitching well for as long as he has been pitching well at this point. I have to give them that my own personal feelings and confusion aside. It's a good thing. There is some confusion, I think, since we've uh, brought up Mr. Dillon, uh, some confusion as to what exactly Dylan Covey's role is now, because Vasquez can pitch long or at least multiple innings. He's proven that. And so we have a bulk guy who has a little bit, there's a little bit less of a need for him now, assuming Chris Sanchez is healthy because he is a quote bulk guy, but can start gain at the, the pitching, the roster construction is just kind of a mess on the whole. But wh what do we do with Dylan Covey now? Cause we have Andrew Bellotti down in the minors. We have like these other guys who could probably be more effective. Bellotti has proven he could be more effective. 
what what's the deal with the bullpen and the way it's being constructed right now, especially now that Sir Anthony is going to be out for a couple of weeks? Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, things have things changed in the last few days because you, you lose Dominguez, and now all of a sudden, um, you know, Junior Marte, who ended up picking up the save Sunday, and he also Looked got two great. big outs for them Saturday. Uh, you know, is probably right. I mean, you list your righties right now in the bullpen. Kimbrel is the most trusted guy, and Junior Marte is probably your second most trusted right-handed reliever right now, and that's not to Wild. speak ill of Marte, but I mean, they literally sent him to the minors last week right. to keep Dylan Covey on the roster um, because Marte was the only guy with options. Uh, so <laughs> it's a weird construction for sure, mm-hmm. um, but Marte is back. I expect Marte to continue pitching in big spots. And yeah, I think they'll probably swap Kobe for uh, a guy that you might want to use in more leverage spots, such as Andrew Bellotti or, uh, maybe Connor Brogdon, but Brogdon has been sort of so-so since he's been sent out uh, yeah. to the minors. So Blotty's had a few squirrels in a row. Maybe it's him. Maybe they keep Kobe around as a long man. Um, like you said, Sanchez, some question there, whether he, you know, will be fully full go uh, for his next star, which is probably Friday. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, like bigger, you know, like beyond like the last two spots in the bullpen, Paul, I mean, like, I think, I like, you know, you sort of alluded to this. I mean, you, you know, you get frustrated when you think you have things figured out, you know, so, you know, talking about Andrew <laughs> Vasquez, but uh-huh. um, do you, have you figured this team out as a whole? I mean, they're 38 and 34, uh-huh. uh, you know, they are on pace, you know, for about a high eighties win total, probably about right about where Vegas had them and where most people had them before the season started. Uh, it was a very circuitous route to this, you know, four games over 500, which is a season high. Uh, what do you make of the Phillies? It's a great question. It's the right <laughs> time to it's the right time to ask it because, you know, mid-June coming up on the halfway point, all that good stuff. I, look, there's no denying that they have played really, really good baseball the last two weeks. Like, re- like really good. 13 um, is good. 13-2 is really, really good, even though they've made up zero games in the division because of it, because Atlanta continues Is that to... what it is? Zero? Have they made zero? Up zero oh, zero. Games? No, it, Atlanta went 13-2 and two as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so there's no there's no winning there. I which... looked up, I looked on the app the, yesterday afternoon, <laughs> and the Braves were down like 4 nothing early, and I was like, oh, maybe they'll, you know, no. oh, maybe the Braves lose again today, and then what, they win like 15-6 to six or something. They're like just, abs- they're pummeling people. They've scored yeah. 111 runs in their last 15 games. They're just, they're oh, absolutely God. destroying people. And in Miami, to their credit, the Phillies are only a game and a half up mm. on Miami in those 15. I know, I'm waiting for Miami to fall off too. But that's that's reality. The Phillies have only gained a game and a half on Miami in that stretch. I'm looking at the, the NL standings in the last, uh, what was it, since Friday, June the 2nd, when this run started for yep. the Phillies. And the Braves and Phillies are at the top of the NL since that date. They're they're, you know, thirteen two. They're clear of everybody else. And then Miami is tied for third. So you have the top three in the NL East right there, all playing great ball the last two weeks. And then at the very bottom, sandwiching this whole thing, you have the Mets at three and ten, and the Nationals at two and eleven. Uh, so it's been a very bipolar couple of weeks, bipolar fortnight for the NL East. Getting back the Met, to the, the, te- the Phillies Mets path since that series in City Field is truly fascinating oh yeah i mean they, and yeah they got swept and they got held to nothing they, they couldn't <laughs> score and then they uh, anyway let's hope there's more of that coming this week but the the phillies have been playing better you know they 
won a series against the Nationals, which they should. They swept the Tigers. Great. Won a series against the Dodgers, which was was very good. I was very happy to see that. And then they really took it to the, the Diamondbacks, sort of. You know, they blew that bullpen game like you were talking about. Then they came back the next night with a huge exclamation point. And then they had two one-run wins, which is fine. Didn't score a lot of runs out in Oakland. Another two one-run wins. They're wins. Do not get me wrong. You need to bank wins. Wins get you to the playoffs. They're not, not very convincing wins. Something still feels a little bit off about this team right now to me. Whether it's just me worrying about enough guys having the innings on the rotation side, whether it's me worrying about the lineup's depth and something like, you know, Brandon Marsh evaporating and, you know, what's Bryce Harper up to with, you know, his his power drought now. He's, he's still kind of fine, but not really. There's still things that linger in my head about this team, and even though they've been so good for the last 15 games. Again, love it. Bank the wins. I can't help but feel like Coming into this Brave series, they're still not, they don't have enough of that momentum to kind of push them through and make me feel like, yeah, they're in a good position to really take on Spencer Strider and, you know, the top of the Braves rotation and keep this lineup down. Like, I These just, other Braves I, I, rookies who just keep pitching well. All the time. All Smith, the time. Smith Shaver and Bryce Elder. Are the, uh, yeah. Like, the other two I, stars. Sick yeah. of the Braves. Get the Braves out of here. I'm happy we play them less. No, it's I just very, I, it's very Braves, right? To have a, a right, 20 year course. old uh seventh rounder from high school who didn't start pitching until three years ago to now be in the major leagues just, and pitching well, right? Uh, I'm gritting my teeth. <laughs> I'm gonna have no molars by the time we're done with this Brave series. Um I I like it. They're, they the record now is what the record should be with this this town, maybe even a little better. This is baseline what they should be at. It took a 13 and 2 stretch to get back there, but they're back there. They're on pace, like you said. I can't shake the feeling that there is something just so close to going, like throwing this team off. Maybe it's just another cold streak from one of the hit. Like what if, you know, Kyle Schwarber goes a little bit cold. Is it just a rational worry that surrounds this team right now? Should I just be a little bit more in the moment? Like I, I can't figure out if I'm justified in thinking like, wow, 13 and two, but dot, dot, dot. Like that seems insane on its face. Should I not be feeling like this? No, I think that's reasonable. I, I would say this. Like, I say you have all these qualms that you rightfully raised. Uh, and I would still look up and say, like, they're 38 and 34. And yes. I agree that they really haven't. Outside of the stretch, I thought the Dimeback series was was pretty good. And I know there were some close games. I, they, they hit the ball really, really hard. And there was probably a lot of yeah. runs that were left on the board. The Dimebacks That's true. have That's a true. tremendous outfield defense. And uh, there were a lot of balls I thought was like, oh, this is a double or that's a home run. It, it was not. Um, what a weird ballpark, by the way, too. How many triples would JT Romuto have if he played 81 games at Chase Field? That that left center field power alley, man. That's got to be a dream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I don't I don't disagree. I think uh, I think in a lot of ways too though you're you're looking for them to you want them to do better than tread water, but like you're trying to you're trying to to get to this all star break with you know that four man rotation with without the best alignment in your lineup and, and we you know we keep getting messages that you know Harper from Rob Thompson that right you know that Bryce Harper's first base move 
It's probably not happening until later in July. And now they keep now saying all after yeah. the break, uh-huh. um, you know, but very clearly the most optimized Phillies lineup and defensive uh, arrangement has Harper at first base and Kyle Schwarber at DH. I mean, Schwarber mm. has been the worst defensive player in baseball this season. It's not close. Yeah. Um, it's bad. Uh, both in the advanced metrics and the eye test. Um, yeah. And I think once they get to that point where they can optimize the lineup a little better, I do think this 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 will feel different. Uh, okay. That's not a. I know that seems like such a small thing, but I, I think it opens up a lot of different things for them. Uh, getting Bohm to third base, and now you no longer have to play Edmundo Sosa, who's been totally Tough. exposed. I can't yeah. remember. He has forty two strikeouts and two walks. Uh, that mm. is insane. That's bad. Uh, <laughs> really, he got exposed. Good. I mean, like he's a really yeah. he's a solid bench guy. He's a yeah. solid start me once or twice a week. Uh, bring me in late in the game if you need a, a defensive replacement or an at bat against a lefty. Like he's good at that. Uh, but he's very clearly exposed. And Cody Clemens, who's done fine, you know, will also be exposed at some point. He's and I think he's a fine bench player too. Yeah. Um, but we're clearly seeing that. Uh, the best lineup has Bowman third, Harper at first, Schwarber at DH, and you know mystery man in left field. And whether that's internal or external acquisition, um, that I think will help this team a lot. And yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, but I, I think the bit my biggest takeaway, Paul, from the last weeks is the pitching has righted itself, especially the rotation. Yes. and that has yes. to be the thing that people hang on to here. You have to be really, really encouraged by that. Specifically, Ranger Suarez who I thought is his starting in Steinbacks was absolutely fantastic. Just what he, the different things he was doing. Taiwan Walker. I have no idea. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> you and me both man. figured it out, I guess. And he, he keeps attributing it to now that he's doing different workouts between starts. He's taking ground balls because he's just moving around more. Sure. It is absolutely bizarre. And sure. I've never heard this before, but <laughs> Uh, whatever you have to feel good about that. And like Wheeler, you know, Wheeler did not have his best stuff the last two, but you no. look up and there it is. Like, he, you know, he made it work. Yes. Uh, so that's the thing I think you have to feel really good about because when they were winning before and you're like, ah, man, like rotation, like, how is this going to, how do you keep winning with this kind of rotation? Well, the rotation in the last two weeks has been a huge development for them. And that's the yes. thing that you have to be optimistic about. Yep. And I think that's very fair. You know, and that's a good grounding call out, right? We spent a lot of time early this season worrying about the state of the rotation when the injuries kind of piled up late in spring. And then as the game started, you know, we got a couple of weeks in and we're like, oh boy, losing the painter option, losing Ranger for a while, having, you know, Wheeler and Nola come out slow out of the gate, Walker hobbling out of the gate. Uh <laughs> things started to look a little bit dicey. And then as the bigger league picture came into focus, you're like, well, where are the reinforcements going to come from? Because everybody needs starting pitching. Things looked a little, a little iffy. We'll be generous, but you're absolutely right. Things have been better, much better in the rotation the last couple of weeks. It's a shame that it took until now, I guess, or at least the last couple of weeks to really kick into gear. Maybe part of that is, you know, the extended season hangover, whatever it is. I, I don't know bunch of different things it's great and it's been a stabilizer especially when the team has you know struggled to score runs a couple of times which they have they've won a couple of close low scoring games 
that the April rotation probably, yeah, you know, there's a winning. good chance they don't hold that. Right. Yeah. So that's good. And and that is reason to be optimistic. As long as the health holds up, which is always the big thing, this season is no different that way. As long as the guys stay healthy, uh, yes, I'd love to get to the all-star break with a healthy rotation. I feel like that's a big deal. And then we can start thinking about potential reinforcements, guys who might be a little bit more ready. It feels a little bit less of an emergency. I mean, the, the fifth starting pitcher spot is still kind of iffy. Like, I need to see Chris Sanchez back it up a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he um, did against the A's. Although it was right. good. I mean, like it looked it good. Was. It was. Yeah, it was better. Yeah. Um, you know, you hope his wrist isn't bothering him as much by the next turn of the rotation. I think they're gonna give him an extra day, buy him an extra day for for that to get a little better. I think. Mm. Uh, well, or maybe it's just with the the, the off I think day. They really pushed it. Wheeler, you know, on Sunday and, and uh-huh. it was because the bullpen was short and he didn't have his best stuff at the end, and they pushed him. I think they really do not want him to start Friday. Okay. That would be yeah, his fifth day. Instead, give him that sixth day. Have him give start him the Saturday day. and have Sanchez pitch Friday if he can. That's that would, just the that would make sense. Yeah. We'll that would make sense. It, we'll see how it manifests. You know. Okay, I, I I could see that. That that would make a lot of sense to me. Um, that's good. I mean, right now it's in a good spot. They have five guys who you could consider starting pitchers of varying quality, <laughs> and you know that's more than you could. That's more than you could say at a lot of points earlier this season. You know, so at uh, least yeah, there's that. Sure is. <laughs> Yeah, they still need help. Don't get me wrong. But what hasn't changed is you don't know where that help is going to come from. And it's going to be another case of waiting until later in the summer to really get a feel for a can they keep up this run? Maybe not playing, you know, 800 baseball for, you know, more weeks at a time. But can they keep it up to the point where they're still contending in this wild card spot? I'm not thinking about the division right now. You know, you have to sweep Atlanta right now to really even start thinking about the the division chase again we're just about solidifying wild card spot right now um but they're going to want to reinforce this team they clearly don't have all of the depth pieces internally to make it work if guys go down like something's going to change there's going to be some import that comes in and helps them out we just don't know who that's going to be yet where it's going to come Probably from. more of a fringe acquisition though right i mean i think you're looking at this point and, and, and we talked about earlier on the podcast i don't know if it was last one or two two ago but you know, if you do end up make, being able to make the execute that maneuver where Bone yeah. goes to third, Harper goes to first, Schwarber goes to DH, then you do have a spot in left field that is, you know, sitting there for a on-base uh, skilled right-handed hitter. I mean, it'd be, it'd be cool. Don't get me wrong. I, I think yeah. what needs to get sorted out in the meantime is what the hell is happening in center field. You know, like what happened to Brandon Marsh and can Christian Pache make it work until they decide, you know, whether to look at corner bat or, or what have you, because the bummer about Brandon Marsh is he got off to this really great start. You knew it was going to come down a little bit just because it was so unsustainably hot. But the things that were going into it made it look more real. It made it seem like the fall was going to be cushioned when it came. And instead, it has not been. It hasn't been lately. It's just been bad. So Christian Pache comes back, I think, sooner than I was expecting, but I'm glad yes. to see him back. He had a good series out in Oakland. Uh, obviously, you know, the book on him by now, even just in that short look, terrific defender, not really sure what you're going to get on offense, but he's showing glimpses. And if look, there has been a quiet sort of, I'll call it a lack of a vote of confidence in Brandon Marsh going on through almost this whole season, even as he started hot and we're getting into May 
getting on into June and his season numbers are still okay, even as he's starting to slide. He's still being batted in the lower third of the order or like no higher than sixth. There was always something. There was always something in the back of my mind where I look at where he's hitting. He's getting sat against, you know, the tougher left-handers still batting in the lower third. I'm like, they're, they don't buy it. Somebody over there doesn't buy it. There is something bothering them about what Brandon Marsh is doing that is not letting them really buy into this and even try him when they were struggling so much with the top two spots in the order. He never got a look there. No. And now it's all gone away and you're like, oh, what did they know? What were they cooking? You know, and it's it worries me that he's that he's going to go poof. And maybe it's part confidence, part mechanics. I don't know. It's just it feels like a, a confirmation bias kind of thing that what they saw early in the year, they proved out by batting him low and, and giving him limited looks. And now it's kind of being like, oh, well, this is what they saw. Am I imagining I, things? I, <laughs> no, projecting? you're not. No, you're not at all. <laughs> okay, no, all right. No, I think the overall picture, we look at a guy now, he's about 10% better than league average. And I think if that is what he is over the course of an entire season at the plate, uh, I, I, I think they're okay with that. Would you be okay with that? Sure. Yeah. But the way he's yeah, gotten I mean, like, there not, makes you wonder. Yeah, the, oh, the way he got there was, yeah, bizarre. I mean, the last two months have, have not been good. And this is actually, I have a little like notes column. By the time you're listening to this, it's probably going to be up on The Athletic. Um, and, and, and one of the, the things I uh, discuss is, is center field and Marsh specifically. And um, he's definitely, look, I mean, like he had a great April and you're like, okay, what's the adjustment that teams are going to make on him? And it ended up being fewer fastballs. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, what's the adjustment Marsh makes now? And it turns out he hasn't made it yet. I mean, he's really caught in between. He started thinking he's like, he, he, he talked about this to me. He was started guessing a little more. Cause he's like he, in fastball counts. He was getting fastballs in April because teams wanted to see if he could hit him. He did not hit fastballs last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he proved that he could hit him. And now he starts to get breaking balls and fastball counts. And now he gets off the heater and then he starts seeing more heaters, you know, come June. And he hasn't, this is a crazy thing for me. Uh, I think it's right. I hope it's right. He has his last hit on a fastball was June 11th. That was a Dodgers series. His last really? extra base hit on a fastball was May 31. Oh, no. Double against the Mets. So he's gotten this entire month without an extra base hit against a fastball. Uh, he's he's really caught in between. Like he, he, he made his mark in April by hitting fastballs, by taking the breaking balls out of the zone. He's definitely expanded the zone a little more. He's There's a lot of bad trends. Um, and you're right. Pache came back. Uh, earlier than I expected. Uh, I was pretty surprised to see him activate. I thought they were going to use his entire 20 days in the minors to get him as many ABs as they could uh, before bringing him back to the active roster. And uh, I think it was solely about the fact that they were going to phase two lefties over the weekend in Oakland. Yeah. Uh, They ended up, you know, because Castellanos had the stomach bug, they ended up having a, you know, Marsh ended up playing on Sunday against the lefty you um, probably wouldn't have if Castellanos was healthy. Uh, but they now face righties for the next six days. Uh, the, the whole, uh, the whole homestand is, is, is scheduled to be right-handed starting pitchers. So um, mm-hmm. we'll see how much Pache plays, but I, I think he might get a start or two uh, just because Marsh has, has really, uh, has really dug himself a hole here. And I think he's accurately diagnosed the situation. So that's a good start. He talked about, to me, he talked about how stubborn he, you know, how angry he was about his stubbornness, you know, to kind of uh, not see the bigger picture. Uh, He had a great, a great exchange and, and Marsh likes to mess with me. I appreciate that. Uh, 
he's he said like i'm, I'm just gonna simplify i'm gonna go back to two plus two and i'm thinking in my head i'm like wow is that some sort of like you know advanced like hitting uh mantra or mantra or technique or whatever i was like what's two plus two and he looked at me he said four <laughs> and uh, i was like oh i get it <laughs> so he's going Clever. back to two plus two and okay. uh, <laughs> he's, he's an interesting cat yeah. uh, um, he's, so pasha is gonna get a shot and yeah you're right i mean how they look at left field you know post schwarber uh does depend on how you think about center field the defense, Pache's defense is better. Like, I yep. don't think there's any questioning it. Nope. Uh, no just question. In three games, you saw it. I mean, he's like really good out there. He's, he's, he's really, so good. He's really so good. good. He's really good. Uh, I'm not sold, you know, 35 plate appearances. I think anyone, you mentioned this, Paul, is like people were like really excited to see Christian Pache back. So excited. <laughs> oh, my God. I get it. I mean, you know, he, there were some encouraging things and he got hurt at a, at a really you know tough time for him because he was just starting. To, you felt like he was just starting to figure something out. But I'm not sold like the larger, you know, track record suggests that he's he's not going to be a hitter in the majors, but maybe he figured it out. I don't know. Um, and I think they are intrigued and I think he will get some time here. He leads the team in OPS. <laughs> what about Drew Ellis? He's not. No, he's got him by 10 points. Nine twenty nine to nine nineteen. I think the if you want to get into real deep roster minutia, I, I think you know it was emergency situation. They didn't have Castellanos for a few days, and they needed a right-handed batter to play right field. And like Josh Harrison doesn't can't play right field, and like the, no. you know he messed up a few balls, and it's like, well, Dalton Guthrie could have played right field, and whatever you think about. Guthrie and I think I think he, you know he needs to go down and like just play every day for like two weeks because he has barely played and that's the luxury you want with your bench guys it's like oh we can send this guy out after not playing him for about a month um he'll right. go get at bees every day and try to get his timing right just and then be ready for us to call him back up when we need him again so you do that I get it but uh I don't know Harrison's presence is getting to be a bigger problem yeah well now we're at a point like he <laughs> When you talk about somebody who gets a guaranteed deal, even if it's just a one-year deal for, you know, a part-time role, and that's obvious, you know, they make in the low to mid seven figures, whatever it is, as Harrison's doing, you know that they're not gonna they're not gonna get the boot early in the year just because they guaranteed the guy money, they want to give him a look. It's usually a veteran. They there's just there, there's a place for this guy at the outset in the early season strategy of of the way the roster is built. But as the season goes on, sunk cost becomes less of a thing, especially when you're only talking about like a million or two dollars. And Harrison's place on this roster is definitely tenuous at this point. We're reaching midseason and he's he hasn't quite been the producer. I think they were hoping. To no, and he's been he's stayed around because he hits right handed. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you think about it like Jake yeah. Cave has been great. Everyone's like, when are they going to call up Jake? Cave? Well, he bats left handed and there's like no, there is not a need for him right now as good as he's been in the numbers and triple are. Uh, unbelievable yeah i mean insane i mean his his power output is just obscene uh and look like Derek hall is gonna have to be activated this week and i do not think that he will return to the majors i expect him to stay in the minors because they like what clemens has done and and yeah i mean i I, i'll buy that will you sure 
Yeah, yeah, I think that's fine. I think that makes sense. You know, it, it, it's a shame that so many of these reinforcements all lean a certain way at the plate. <laughs> all that left-handed. They all that left-handed. Um, and there's a little except bit of that Pache. in the line. Yeah, except Pache for Pache. Is, right. Yeah, and that's why he's going to be around. Um, so that's a bit of a shame, but you get it. It's a problem you like to have. You know, it, it, it's funny. I think back to the one of the quotes around the time of the Astros releasing J.D. Martinez back in the day, you know, 10, 12 years ago, however long it was ago at this point. Um, where they said they were victims of their own success. You know, they just had too many guys for these <laughs> options. They, they non-tender JD Martinez, and All what time. does he do? He goes on to Detroit, and and just you know, the rest is history. It blows up from there. Um, and that's kind of what's happening here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> sort Simone, of <laughs> Simone Muziati, another guy who's you know played really well at Triple also bats left-handed. Yes, he does. I love Simone. I I, I hope he gets a shot somewhere. That would be nice because I think he can play. It's really just one of those, you know, it, it, it's a luxury for the Phillies at this point to have all of these options. It's just finding the right combination to make it work. Um, so, you know, them hit right-handed. it would be amazing. It would be great. And I think that's why I think that's why the priority is going to stay, you know, right-handed bat. Yes. I think what what makes things interesting or what would make things interesting. There's a reason to believe you won't, but you have to go contingency is if Harper can't make first base work. Uh, until you know when the deadline arrives if he's still not ready to go yeah you're Mm -hmm. you're, yeah you'd have to be yeah you'd be making moves on a real yeah a leap of faith almost right which you can't do like yeah well maybe you have to though oh that's mm, i would look we can think more about that i know but we're talking about getting a complimentary right-handed bat it's not like they'd be selling the farm for that kind of acquisition right well, it would certainly rule out a move like that because you can't take that much more risk if you're already, you know, on a risky premise. Like you can you can just totally rule out a big move at that point because you're not going to you're not going to bring a you're not going to make an import like that if you can't trust the complimentary move to fall in the wrong side. I don't think they're going to be making big moves here. I really don't. Uh, it's no, not likely. No. It's not likely, but I, I you can't rule it out, right? Look, I don't, look, I don't know. Yeah, you can't I don't know rule what it the... out, but I just don't know what that big move is because exactly. again, like they're pretty exactly. locked I say they're locked. They're locked in. They really are. I mean, like they're locked in. You're not going to make a big move for a fifth starter because, you know, that guy is, I don't know. I mean, like you have three or four guys you would trust in a postseason game right now. You have three, I think. I don't know how I feel about Taiwan Walker, but. Uh, three is fair. Yeah. Is that her, what game would Aaron Nola start in the postseason series right now? Two. Yeah. I'd start a second and go Ranger third. Not a knock on Ranger. I just, I, I don't know. Something about yeah, Wheeler and Nola Suarez. That's what I would do too, but I'm just, yeah. I'm just seeing what you're going to say. Yeah, uh, that speaks to me. I, look, I won't argue with anybody who would go Ranger, especially if Ranger keeps this up, because he's good. <laughs> and if Nola's in kind of his weird little pendulum states, then yeah, maybe you ride the hot hand. I but no, you're that. right. I mean, yeah, right now, if you can't, if you're unable to pull the lever that puts Harper at first and Bohm at third and Schwarber at DH and opens that spot, then yes, you're boxed in severely. Yeah. So yeah. then you start thinking about third base, right? I mean, because um, you figure Bohm will play mostly first, Harper DHs, Schwarber's in left, and then you try to upgrade third base. Yeah, or I guess you try yeah. to upgrade first base with a righty. I don't know. I mean, like they they, they looked for right anything first baseman uh, months ago, and they found very little. So well, yeah, well, you know, I don't know. So yeah, you have options, but I mean, really, you want to be able to pull that lever that gets you that gets you the corner outfield spot because that's a, that's an easier uh, path to go. Probably, yeah. 
As far as the week ahead is concerned, the Phillies are off today, Monday, of course. They get to rest up before this little six-game homestand against division foes. It's a big week. It's it's It could be interesting, depending on how this Atlanta series goes. Uh, if the Phillies manage to pull off a sweep, they'll be within five games of Atlanta, which, hey, that's pretty good. Then you can start thinking about the division again. Uh, the tough thing about three-game series, of course, is you drop one. The most you can pick up in a series is one game, and then they end the three-game series upset. It would be nice to get a sweep. Let's put it that way. And then the Mets come along over the weekend. The Mets. The Mets have not been playing well, and they're in kind of a weird spot. I think one that Phillies fans from this season can kind of empathize with as much as you want to empathize, empathize with the Mets in that there's a lot of talent on that roster, and it's just not performing the way you thought it was or no. would. Uh, but at some point it could kick in. There's a lot of good baseball players on that team and maybe it happens over the weekend. I don't know. You can't take them lightly and something strange always happens in Phillies Mets series. We've been over this. So it's a big week. And especially because the Phillies are facing the the best of the current Braves rotation. You know, Max Freed is hurt, so you won't see him, but you're going to see Spencer Strider and you know, that's going to be a challenge. I mean, Um, it's going to be huge. I mean, school is mostly out uh, mm -hmm. here. Uh, I think they have huge crowds this week. I mean, obviously for the Mets weekend, I'm sure they're sold out. These Braves teams, though, like I think they're going to have really, really big crowds. That should be fun. What are the Phillies going to do, Paul? What are the Phillies going to do? They are going to face the Braves, and they're not going to see Charlie Culberson. Did you see this? Do you know know this? No, Charlie Culberson. Did you know this? He had been called up on May 19th by the Braves and got DFA'd yesterday. He had not appeared in a game the entire month. Not once. He didn't even get on the field for defense. Wait, he, he was, was on, on the active, active roster? roster for one month and did not appear in a game. What? Yes. <laughs> I completely missed this. Are you serious? I think it's one of the greatest roster feats ever. What in the world? <laughs> Boy, and we're talking about Dylan Covey. What were they doing with it? Why didn't they use him once? What is that? What is the I, story there? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, mm, okay well good for him getting a month's worth of major league paychecks but like <laughs> what oh that's fascinating oh i was i was like does he mean charlie morton what no no i meant charlie culverson <laughs> so for comparison like, why sake, is charlie culverson coming up oh my god for fascinating. comparison's sake while we're talking i looked this up through 72 games phillies uh-huh. are 38 and 34 they're eight games back last year through 72 games they were 37 and 35, so one game worse, and they were uh-huh. nine games back. It was a very, very similar spot. They're, and this actually, this is right at the time. It's annoying. Harper got hurt in the 73rd game. So oh they're through oh 72 dear. games. Harper broke his thumb in game 73. Just for perspective here, I mean, that's like we hadn't even, you know, we get wow. into that spot, in that part of the season. And it was those two months there where the Phillies, I thought, really took off. And, you know, they were like 10 over without Bryce. and Different guys stepped up, and they really, I think, um, you know, formed this sort of character that uh, that helped them into October. So, um, just for just for context, like that's the part of the season now that we're entering here. And uh, yeah, really interested to see how they stack up against the Braves and Mets at home. And I, I we've I've talked about this numerous times. I think still think the best series the Phillies have played all year was that series in Atlanta, when mm-hmm. they split uh, four games and, and very easily could have won three out of four. And I, I thought they played them really well. I did. They did. They did. Um, boy, it's making me think back to, you know, that time last year, what was, 
what was such a huge reason why that team stayed in it when Harper went down, the role players stepped up, right? Yep. You know, you, you look at the, the, the Matons and Veerlings who are now in Detroit. It's funny. You were talking about Brandon Marsh, uh, with the pitching adjustment. It made me think of Nick Maton who almost never sees a fastball out there similarly, but the role players stepped up the, the guys on the bench stepped. you know, Garrett Stubbs really emerged as like kind of a cult hero guy, you know, in the middle of the summer last year. I think that was around the time he had his walk-off home run. It's probably shortly after Harper got injured, if I'm remembering right. It's probably somewhere. I in think there. so. Um, but now's the time. You know, it's a slightly different cast. But you can think about maybe Edmundo Sosa finds something that can get him back in gear a little bit. Maybe Cody Clemens keeps it up and and solidifies his spot on the roster. Um, maybe it's somebody else who's down in the minor leagues right now who has to come up because of an injury we don't know about yet. That that might happen. Whatever the case is, the role players have to pick it up a little bit, especially while Harper's having his power outage that he's going through. You know, Castellanos has been out with a, with a stomach bug. It's no joke. The norovirus this year. Watch out for that, man. It's, it's a bad one. I'm not, I'm not surprised he's been down for a couple of days. Um, Turner's been better lately, which has helped. But the, the lower half of the order got to step up the way it did last year if they want to stay in this and keep their footing. Um, because the National League, there's a lot of parity. We'll call it parity. Uh, there's six and, in the National League today. Yeah, and there's going to be challengers. But they're only a couple games clear. You know, you look at Pittsburgh within four games, and there are two teams between, well, three teams, really, between Pittsburgh and the Phillies. There's just, there's still that bunching. A lot of bunching going on. The Reds. Look out for the Reds, man. The Reds are fun. The Reds are fun. That is a fun baseball team. Um if I if I give you if I told you Marlins, Giants, Reds, Pirates, like which one are you buying stock in for the rest of the year? The Reds? Marlins, Giants, Reds, Pirates. Yeah. Is what we're talking about. Yeah. I, the talk about things that frustrate me. We're still talking about the Giants. Seven in a row. They just put their best pitcher on the IL though. Uh, oh, Logan Webb got hurt? Cobb. Oh, well, oh Alex second Cobb. best pitcher. Cobb. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um <laughs> Um, I look, man, the the Reds have a really cool lineup. I think the pitching kind of comes and goes for them right now. But those guys stepping up to the plate are are really interesting to me. Not a lot of names. I think maybe apart from, you know, Ellie De La Cruz came up with a lot of hype and like, a lot of people are going to know about him soon. Jonathan India is having a nice season. Spencer Steer is another, you know, rookie of the year contender type who's having a really nice year. Matt McLean has arrived as another rookie who's looked really crazy, good. Crazy. The Phillies got all their games of the Reds out of the way before all this happened. Yes. I mean, they still had to face, you know, Jake Fraley, who got hurt, but is also having a nice year. You look at TJ Friedel, a nice contributor out of almost nowhere, who's putting up a good year. Like, they have a lot of really nice contributors in that lineup. Um, I, I think, you know, depending on what you think about the likes of Hunter Green as is he a budding ace or is he just, you know, an overpowering arm who can lose it from time to time? What do you make of the rest of the rotation? I think there are serious questions about their pitching, but I love the way the Reds hit. So I would probably buy them, even though they're a couple games back of the Giants while we're recording today, two and a half games back. Um, I would buy the Reds. I, I think the Reds are probably the stiffest competition right now for the Phillies in the wild card. Did, did you know that the Marlins are 12 and 0 against the Nationals? A's and Royals and those 12 wins represent 30% of their wins this season. And that and the one run games thing with them, they I am not 
I'm not buying the 18 Marlins. and five. I'm just not into games. it. No, yeah, I think everyone can see it for what it is. And it's still impressive. I mean, they're 10 games over 500, right? They have a guy who might hit 400. That's cool. Yeah. And the crazy thing is they've done it. And Alcantara has not been great. You know, right. I mean, he hasn't even been good. He's been bad, actually. Um, Yuri Perez is good. Yeah. I mean, that's the Marlins. The Phillies will see them right before the all-star break in Miami. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I agree with you. I'm probably buying stock in the Reds, Giants. I'm not. Yeah. But there's just all these teams in the middle, like the Dimebacks. We just saw them. We're mm-hmm. not really sure about them. The Brewers, I don't think are good. I no. don't know. It's weird. Division is weird. The Dodgers, Phillies are only one game back of the Dodgers right now. I don't like anything about the NL Central. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't like anything about it. I like nothing about it except the Reds lineup. There's just, there's so much nonsense happening in that division right now. The Cardinals being absolutely terrible is wild to me. I never thought I'd live to see that day. But I just, yeah, I don't buy the Brewers. It almost feels like, and I think we brought this up maybe in passing, it feels like they might be one of those teams that would trade Corbin Burns even in the midst of a playoff hunt. Like, they could be leading the division. They might trade Corbin Burns, which is going to be hysterical. (laughs) Can you imagine? Uh, eagerly awaiting that day. I just, I don't like the central. I think that's part of why I buy the reds is that the reds lineup is the most interesting thing in that whole division to me. Um, central end up hosting the wild card series. The winner of the central. Yay. Playoffs. Well, anyway, I like the Phillies chances against anybody in that division as things stand right now. That's about as confident as I'll get about the Phillies in the playoffs at the moment. Cause again, still can't really shake something needs to, I want to see a little bit more. I want to see, I want to see a nice, a nice uh, follow-up series against the Braves here. That'll go a long way. This probably describes the national league the best right now. There are six teams with a positive run differential and two of them have a losing record. That's the NL right now. There's you are on such a with roll with positive, these notes. Like, but I mean, I'm just looking at the standings right now and it's, it's ridiculous. Like what is happening in this in this league it's it's bad it's fascinating it's sort of unbelievable on its face that's the national league get excited yeah all right well i'm excited look the phillies are playing good ball absolutely nothing bad to say about that they are four games over 500 yeah high watermark for the season they're taking all the momentum they could possibly muster into a big series with the Braves, and then they'll play the Mets. And we'll see where things stand the next time we check in with all of you sometime around this time next week, where hopefully things have improved in their divisional and wildcard standings before they head out into Illinois to face the Cubs and Wrigley for a short series. (sighs) Happy belated Father's Day. Thank you. You as well. Uh, I'm excited for this week. I'm excited that the Phillies continue to get challenged throughout their schedule, basically through the next three weeks. Through the break. Yeah. 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 That Florida trip will be, will be fun. The Rays and the Marlins. Yeah. A week in Florida in July. What is better than that? (laughs) Are you going? You're going to be down there for that? We'll be there for that. That a boy. All right. Well, tell me how it goes. Let me know if the humidity gets under 85%. We'll probably do a podcast. Oh, is that what we do? Yeah. (laughs) All right. Let's wrap this up. Big division week coming up. Phillies are playing good baseball. Tune in. If you haven't tuned in as much lately, well, now's a good time to Um, check it out. Enjoy the games games until September. (laughs) Yeah, that's all done. You don't need to fall asleep watching this team anymore. You know, unless things go bad in the Atlanta series. Um, Things pick up on Tuesday. 
three gamers, all at home. Crowds are going to be great. You just know it. Go out to the park if you can. Pick up a ticket. Get a little StubHub action. Make your voice heard. Outnumber those Mets fans, please. Just do that for me as a favor. Go read Matt's stuff on The Athletic. His news and notes should be posted uh, by the time you're listening to this. Always good stuff. You can tell just by the stuff he shared today. Blowing my mind left and right, which is wonderful. Thanks, as always, to Matt for (laughs) saving some of that good stuff for the show. We'll catch you this time next week. For Matt, I am Paul. We'll see you then.